Hey everybody, welcome to this alternative audio commentary. My name's Rob Caravaggio. This is a little bit of an irregular commentary. Normally, like most people who record these things, I record commentaries for full-length feature films. But seeing as the DVD Blu-ray for the Master has some particularly interesting content on it, I thought I'd do about a 20-minute uh, commentary track for the deleted scenes, uh, which have been put together by Paul Thomas Anderson into what is essentially a short film that takes a couple of outtakes at the end and some and some deleted scenes and sort of um, uh, sews them together with uh, some additional score music by Johnny Greenwood into a rather illuminating little short film called Back Beyond that uh, can be very illuminating if you're as interested in the movie as I was and uh, interested at in some of the things that were left on the cutting room floor. I got some really good feedback about my commentary on the master. I was able to record it a couple of weeks before the master actually came out on DVD Blu-ray. And even from a couple of people who didn't like the movie but sort of appreciated the conversation and the, and the debate over it. And I've loved um, on Facebook and stuff just, just uh, interacting with um, you guys about that. And so this is kind of an effort to keep that conversation going. Um, I just love the back and forth about this movie. Uh, uh, anyone who listened to my master commentary knows that I'm, I'm big on the movie. But I, I just love the, the debate and um, particularly, uh, you know, most DVDs and Blu-rays that come out of feature films, uh, if they have deleted scenes, they're usually just picked up off the cutting room floor and splashed onto the disc and you can kind of surf through them and they're obviously out of context and, and they're just kind of interesting. Sometimes on a really nice disc they'll have, uh, I know Francis Ford Coppola has done kind of introductions where he introduces the deleted material uh, and also uh, some discs will have uh, director's commentaries where the director in addition to doing commentary on the movie will actually do a commentary on the deleted scenes and illuminate them in, in various ways. But Often, too often, I think, the deleted scenes are just kind of chucked onto the disc as a special feature so they can, uh, you know, jack up the price on the, on the disc and say it's got uh, deleted scenes. What I love, once again, is that Anderson has made this, uh, sewn them together into this really rather compelling, uh, especially if you've seen the movie and been affected by it, this rather compelling short film. And, uh, and you can see why this material was left out of the movie, but you can also see what the master could have been and you know what uh what it was in if you read the shooting script you know what it was intended to be was a much more fleshed out narrative with some of the connective tissue in the plot um really more spelled out and uh through the editing and, and cutting together of the movie anderson has made uh inserted a lot of ambiguity and a lot of intrigue i would say into into what the master ultimately became as a film so, I thought it would be a good idea to just, uh, he, he, he seemed to have put so much thought into this uh, short film of outtakes and additional scenes that I thought, why not record a commentary and, and uh, give it its justice and, uh, or give it its due justice and keep this conversation going. So, uh, I'm using the, uh, I've got the DVD Blu-ray here, Region 1, and I'm using the DVD disc uh, to do this commentary. What you want to do, uh, you can do it now is pop the disc in, navigate to the special features section. The special features screen pops up uh, on the right. There's a picture of Joaquin Phoenix. On the left are three options. 
that you can play. Uh, you want to navigate. Uh, there's a little asterisk that you can use to navigate to the first option. It says Back Beyond, which is the the title of this, uh, this essentially short film, I call it, uh, that Anderson has put together. Navigate to that option. It says Back Beyond, Outtakes, Additional Scenes, Music by Johnny Greenwood, 20 minutes. Navigate to that, and in a moment here, I'm going to say 3, 2, 1, play. That'll be your cue to hit play right along with me, and we can check out this wonderful little montage that's been put together. So, ready. Three, two, oh, yeah, by the way, sorry. <laughs> by the way, so you're on the special features screen, just to be clear, because this is not how I normally do it. Uh, you're on the special features screen, Joaquin Phoenix picture on the right. You've got the asterisk next to back beyond. And when I say three, two, one, play, you hit play from that special feature screen. Ready? Three, two, one, play. And we're in. So you see right away that Anderson um, has really put it together as a film. He's got this um, introductory text from this dude sort of a cynical, funny joke. Uh, how often does this ship sink? Usually just once. That that kind of humor is the kind of humor that's actually in the, the master uh, quite a bit. Yeah, I really love that he's sewn this these deleted scenes into something that's watchable and hasn't just thrown them on the disc willy-nilly. Um, and people were really interested in, you know, some of the aspects of especially the relationship between Dodd and Freddie some of the aspects of that relationship and and what it was uh, that isn't in the film and so you really get that in these deleted scenes of course you can totally see why he took them out of the movie too because as the movie play I mean they're not completely necessary and there are some of them that um, and also by not having these scenes in the movie um, the movie has kind of a a pretty even pace to it um, and this would have injected a different kind of pace where you're really seeing Freddie and Dodd interact a lot of times um, a lot of what people have said is that I, I, I don't understand people said I don't understand what Dodd sees in Freddie why is he attracted to Freddie why does he like Freddie and, and wh what is it to their relationship why do they have this why are they you know sort of why do they like each other and there's some deleted scenes here uh, as we watch this guy taking a shit while Freddie makes his hooch in the Navy. There are some deleted scenes here that really show that, that really show that, uh, especially toward the end, that show Fred, Freddie and, and Dodd sort of laughing and, and having a good time. Now I can see they might have taken this out because that little dance, it's almost like a Dave Matthews kind of dance. <laughs> if you've seen that, that Dave Matthews um, dancing, uh, that dance he does is actually kind of contemporary. So we have another angle here you, you, as Freddie does the Rorschach test. Um, we only get, I think, three or four Rorschach cards in the actual feature. Uh, and here we, we got uh, that background not background, but we, we got a little more of Freddie saying, oh, this one looks like an asshole, this one looks like... And that's easy to see why they left that out, right? Because after the three or four cards we get in the actual theatrical cut, um, or the actual movie, 
uh, it's pretty clear that he's seeing sex in all the cards. So we don't need, uh, you know, it, it, it would be prolonging the joke to just keep going. This scene where Dodd is setting up his, uh, and we see John Moore in the background there. Uh, this scene where Dodd is setting up his uh, processing, I guess, of, of that older older woman uh, is pure setup, right? And we didn't ultimately need that in that scene. Now, some of this thing, some of these scenes seem to be alternate takes, or. Um, I don't want to say ad-libs, but just different approaches to the scene that was shot. And, and it just, when they were editing and cutting the movie together, it just wasn't the director's preferred take, probably. Um, we get a little more from Amy Adams in that scene than you get in the movie, right? Um, and so it might raise our suspicion as to her role in... That's a great shot. These guys jumping off the boat. As to her role in the, in the movie itself, as it's cut together, um, we don't suspect her as much. A lot of uh, these deleted scenes are sort of Freddie's anti... And obviously all this music isn't Johnny Greenwood. Um, there's some source music going on here. And then uh, a Tiska to Tasket gets sung by Melora Walters, who, who ultimately, of course, wasn't in the film. Um, but I just... I mean, a lot of these th scenes can be described as kind of Freddy's antics. Um, another sexual encounter here that was obviously a military uh, kind of dance uh, when they had shore leave, perhaps. Sorry. And we're seeing him uh, once again. He's got the the boobies pulled out of this woman he's having a sexual experience with. Uh, like he did with the woman in the uh, his coworker at the department store, or like he will do because this will pre that this scene actually precedes that. And then um, uh, this scene of him um, laying on her breast, kind of like the Sand Woman, and it's a little too it it echoes the Sand Woman, uh, the way he lays on the breast of the Sand Woman. It echoes that a little too much, I think. Maybe that's why they left it out. Of course, we. You know, the movie already makes the point that Freddy has a sexual compulsion. And so another scene underscoring that was... And also, you know, a lot of this stuff was probably cut just because of time. Um, the movie is a long film. Now, this whole thing of, of Freddy missing his boat uh, or, you know, having sex and it causes him to miss his... You know, causes him his his Navy ship to, to leave without him. This must be maybe before maybe they're in between battles in the war or something who knows and it's another you know it looks like they didn't lay dolly track but um because a lot of these a couple of the scenes where freddie's running and the camera tracks him in the long take are um they laid a lot of dolly track for it and you actually see that in one of the behind the scenes featurettes but um that shot and the whole thing about freddie um the boat leaving without Freddy is there's obviously a, a symbolic thing to that, but I think uh, it was also in one of the trailers, in one of the teasers, and that's the thing about the master that I I was really interested in is I was hoping that this disc when it came out, this home media disc would have special features like this because 
I was really interested in the fact that a lot of the feature, uh, um, a lot of the trailers and teaser trailers that were being circulated for the master, especially, I think they came out, they started coming out while the movie was still not being cut together, but, but while the movie was still, um, sort of being revised by Anderson. And so quite a few of the trailers are essentially, um, containing material and scenes that are not in the movie. Um, this whole thing of Freddie and Dodd wrestling seems like an alternate take. Um, yeah, it's an alternate take. Um, so they seem to be either alternate takes, a lot of those teaser trailers, or, or just whole scenes that were not in the actual movie that got ultimately got cut out the actual movie as, as we watch Freddie here. And this is a scene that would have shed a lot of light into what was going on in, in the Laura Dern character's house in Philadelphia, right? This whole thing of she's, she's, uh, doing this processing with him and, uh, it's very much like a, a psychoanalytic setup with him laying on this fainting couch and, um, and he sexualizes again the process. Um, uh, he doesn't. He doesn't get distracted in that way with, when Dodd processes him. Right? He and Dodd have a connection. But uh, when Laura Dern does it, he says, uh, "Well, I, I can only focus on your voice, and and I can smell your pussy." You know, he's he's coming on to her in his crude way. That would have given us some insight into the whole dynamic that was going on at that in that house because you have. Um, Dodd's daughter coming on Freddie. You can, depending on how you interpret it, Peggy might be interested in Freddie in a way that she's trying to repress. And then, of course, you have Freddie and and Dodd. Dodd probably having a relationship with the Dern character, and and the Dern character being having the hots for or or Freddie having the hots for her. So um, it's just kind of interesting, you know. They. <laughs> it's almost like three's company that old show, you know, where the sexual dynamics in that apartment were going in all directions. And, um, it was that kind of sexual chaos was not integral to what Anderson was trying to do with the movie. So we have this, uh, Oh, I want to make a point about, uh, trailers and how I think they should be done, but we have uh, Clark here. Uh, this bar scene where he's obviously gone out to a bar with Freddy and they're having this moment where he's explaining. Now, in the movie, we hear Clark say uh, that Freddy asked him, how much can someone make off of that? And we don't know if Clark's lying or or not, because we know at that point that members of Dodd's family are trying to get Freddy ousted. Uh, the daughter lies about him. And um, but here we see that the moment actually happened, that that Freddy did say that. Um but more importantly in this scene, we get background on Dodd. We get this, uh, and, and we get insight into how Dodd mythologizes himself and lies about himself. Clark is a true believer, of, evidently, and he's uh, unlike Dodd's real son, right, who is a skeptic about Dodd and his the veracity of Dodd's claims. <laughs> so the dummy, so he's that's a callback, so this would have come after the... Uh, application 45 version one scene uh with dodd and clark and and freddie but yeah here's the scene where um they sort of turn on freddie um but that that bar scene between dodd and freddie is sort of the setup for this and i guess he decided the movie didn't need it what i'm interested in that in that scene though again is how it sheds light on 
the way Dodd lies about himself and mythologizes himself. Oh, he's got this unpublished, unpublished narrative, uh, this work, the split saber that he's buried it because it's so dangerous. Is you know the. Uh, people who read it jumped out the window and committed suicide and his new york editor uh said that it was you know too powerful a book for people to be reading and and uh you know the veracity of that you know is probably <laughs> almost certainly not true it's just what dot has claimed and of course there's a way to fact check that within the movie because uh dodd's editor uh, New York editor, the guy who edits his first book, of course, is the, the mustachioed guy that Freddie kicks the shit out of uh, in, at this location that you're seeing on screen now as Dodd uh, and Freddie are behind that glass um, uh, because he, he said that um, I thought his, the editor says I thought his work was genius but then his, I thought, I think this book is garbage and, and you know, rubbish and, and so Freddie takes him out and beats the crap out of him. So that's the guy that Dodd, that, that's his editor, right? Uh, it would be surprising and obtuse if, if it were someone else. So that guy says, uh, I think this book is shit. But that scene that we just saw where Clark says, oh, the New York editor thought that, you know, it was too powerful a book or something like that. It, 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 it shows that Dodd has lied about that guy. That editor actually probably didn't thought the split saber was garbage and maybe that's why Dodd buried it and created this whole mythology about it. That whole idea of spinning the truth into something that you can use is uh, something that we suspect the master does uh, the the, the character the the Hoffman character. It's something we suspect that he does with almost everything but something that we don't actually see him do uh, and that scene allows us to see how he does that. So here's Melora Walters, the beautiful Melora Walters, who evidently was this had shot this scene for the movie and it wasn't used. Now, this is something that um, goes to in terms of the different things that are hinted at in the the finished film of the master, but that we don't know uh, all the details of one of them is Dodd's womanizing and uh, that is alluded to by Peggy Uh uh, and here we have a, you know, I suspect that Dodd, uh, and there's a, a little cut to a reaction shot of Peggy in the movie, uh, just before the new dancing scene that suggests that Dodd has a relationship, sexual relationships of some kind with the Laura Dern character. And so things Peggy says suggest that there might be other women. And here we have this moment where Dodd, again, dancing, having a nice time, coming over and being a little, uh, you know, playing grab ass with the Melora Walters character, who's obviously a young, good looking woman. And this is, you know, they, they obviously changed the lyrics of the song A Tisket to Tasket to be about past lives and processing and travels into the past and, and the master you've taken us into the past. You just sang. So, um, I love this. I love this because it's, it's almost like Indiana Jones and the temple of doom. He, so he opens the box. Now you might think that this is part of a dream sequence that maybe Freddie was having because the movie plays with the idea of dream sequences. But I think that's just, I don't think there's any magic to that at all. You know, Freddie opens it and, and a fire starts. It's perfectly possible for a man like Dodd, 
who says he's a nuclear physicist and a scientist. It's perfectly possible for a man like him to, a person like him to, uh, I love that we see the Casper cartoon too. We get to see it on the screen at this balcony shot. It's perfectly possible for Dodd to rig a box that he's buried, or even after they've dug it up, maybe he rigs it, so that if someone opens it, a fire shoots in their face, or a fire illuminates from the little, uh, a, a fire starts from the gulf of the box. It's it's a, it's got to be, I mean, there are people who can do that. It's a, it's a got to be a basic kind of booby trap, I think. Of course, without without burning the contents of the box, but I can't imagine Dodd, you know, doesn't have a copy elsewhere of his unpublished work. Now, this appears to be just after Freddy has beaten the shit out of the New York editor. You notice the way this is all cut together. It's not necessarily cut together in a way that makes sense. It's cut together in a way that's that I think... In this, I mean that one scene because they're deleted scenes. One scene doesn't lead to the next, but it's cut together in a way where if you've just seen the movie, you can plug these in as background, right? Uh, you can plug these scenes in. So this whole scene, um, it, it you know, Peggy says something kind about Freddie and calls him a rascal, and of course he he's being accepted by the cause, and he's I think his title is first lieutenant of the cause. There you go, first lieutenant of the cause. Um, the idea of a first lieutenant, um, a military rank, right? Which, which would have been recognizable to Freddie and, and a symbol of Dodd's faith in him. <clears throat> and we have another instance of slow boat to China here. Now that you see what, what I said about, um, these scenes can be plugged in to the movie and not, not to make the movie make more sense, but to fill in some of the things that you might have been curious about, right? So so that's what I mean. These are not, and I think Anderson probably feels this way, these are not missing scenes. These are not scenes that, you know, have to be in the movie and, and just weren't because of time. These are scenes that lend a reality to the characters. You know, when, it, when an actor works on a role, he or she... Um, often comes up with a whole background story, a whole biography of the character that allows them to get into that character's headspace. And so I see this as kind of stuff that we don't need to understand the movie, but stuff that allows us to understand the characters <laughs> a little more and what was going on. Now, now, this is the scene I was talking about with Dodd and Freddy horsing around and the rapport they have, and, and Dodd is making Freddy laugh here, right? Uh, as he takes the pictures. Now, we just saw one pose uh, in the movie where Dodd is leaning on the fence, and then he gets on the fence as if it were a horse, and it makes Freddy laugh. That's really, you know, it, it shows that it, it isn't just this... They're not just attracted to each other platonically as friends, in, but attracted to each other in a way that they both don't comprehend. They do kind of comprehend it. They like each other as men. They're both kind of lushes you know they're both kind of drunks a little bit they like to drink they're both womanizers and they're in their different ways they're both um aggressive in their different ways and and they're both um in denial about their life in their different ways i would say and these a lot of these deleted scenes sort of help us understand that 
I'll talk about how I think trailers should be changed uh, kind of at the end here, but these are outtakes now. Uh, <laughs> I love this stuff. I Some people think this is boring, you know, these the actors cracking up, but um, I, maybe it's just I love these two actors so much. Phoenix and Hoffman, neither of them got the Oscar. They were nominated, but... Um, it, these are all outtakes where he he has to say the line minty flavor as and then the movie obviously they don't laugh and ruin the take but here he keeps laughing dodd keeps laughing and and phoenix keeps la- i think phoenix is the one who keeps laughing um you see now they've just shot they've just presumably shot takes of of a very intense scene or maybe maybe a day has passed or something because that would have been a different setup for the processing scene. This scene is um with Freddie perpendicular to Dodd, so we have one camera angle. We we're working with one sort of master shot here. Um, I don't know what their their shooting schedule was, but it's nice to see them um laughing at the same thing I was laughing at when I. Each time I saw the movie was the the minty flavor line, you know what is that? You know what you can hear, um, and it says the end, which is so cute. Uh, but uh, just a closing thought here about trailers uh, and those deleted uh, scenes that we just saw. A lot of trailers suck these days, and I know people in the industry. Uh, I know a couple people specifically who have in the past um, been on teams of people who work on putting trailers together. And, uh, and it's often not, you know, it's often something that's dictated, uh, this is what we want the trailer to be, and uh, you don't really have room to play with it. But uh, trailers and, and um, uh, previews for movie and teasers have gotten so unimaginative. And the master, uh, and I noticed this when the first time I saw the movie when it was in theaters, the master's trailers and teasers, uh, once again, had scenes that were just not in the final movie. I mean, it was just like these, these scenes that they look like scenes and often they're, they're portions of scenes that were cut out from the movie. So they're recognizable as part of the movie, but they're not actually in the movie. Now, in terms of how the industry could make trailers better uh, or make them more interesting or, and less spoiler-y, where, you know, whole plot points are given away often in, in trailers, um, I think, you know, one, one direction they could go is, is to make more thematic trailers, like, uh, the trailer for that movie, Holy Motors was, how do you make a trailer for that movie in the first place? But what I noticed is it was more interested in, in, um, just the images of the movie as, as a way to hook people and make people want to see it. What I think, uh, the master shows us possibly a one alternative to making trailers better is taking these deleted scenes or these scenes that are probably not going to be in the finished movie but are compelling are pertinent you know are are totally relevant to scenes and material in the movie uh and sort of cut them together and you can use footage from the actual movie or you can use alternate takes of scenes that have slightly different dialogue maybe and um, and therefore, it, you're creating a trailer of mostly or or, or um, a considerable amount of a trailer is comprised of movies that are are, are is comprised of, of shit that and images that are actually not in the movie but are close 
to being in the movie or um, or parts of scenes that have been clipped off from the actual movie. So so that you can get a feel and a lot of the trailers on this disc you, give you a feel for what the master is and, and even for what certain scenes, uh, uh, what some of the scenes in the movie are, but they don't give it away. Uh, and, and they allow you to experience the movie for the first time freshly without, uh, we've all had that experience of sitting in a theater and, you know, that, that money scene comes on, uh, you know, the, that, that big scene that where Bruce Willis saying that, that key line that was in the trailer that everybody experienced in the trailer and everybody in the audience kind of perks up and goes, Oh, they, that, that's the scene from the trailer. You know, there are a lot of cool moments in Moonrise Kingdom, the Wes Anderson movie that came out last year that, um, were in the trailer and, if that had been, I mean, because they were so cool, they were in the trailer, but I wish they would make trailers with using, you know, sewing them together with alternate takes and deleted scenes. That way we can experience those moments freshly, but we have an idea of what those moments might be. Um, I don't know. I, I, I wonder why more people don't do what Anderson did. I think he did it out of necessity, not, not an artistic choice. Uh, I mean, he, he probably thought a lot of that stuff would be in the movie. He certainly wrote it into the script, but I'm just saying, uh, it, it might be a good model for how to make trailers more interesting, but Hey, that was a great fun, short commentary. Hope you enjoyed it. And, uh, let's keep the conversation going. Thanks for listening. Check you later.